0: Now, for the past four decades, between busy hospital shifts and working at medical practices, Australian surgeons, anaesthetists, nurses and allied health professionals have been volunteering to provide life-changing surgery and medical training in the Asia-Pacific. This is all under the auspices of the Interplast Group. It's a not-for-profit organisation which partners with local medical staff to, quote, repair bodies and rebuild lives in low-income countries. That's their mantra. Well, a team from Interplast recently visited Bhutan, away from the Asia-Pacific, of course, to perform surgery on people who've been badly burned or disfigured. And they're also helping to train Bhutan's own medical staff. Sonam Jamsho is a Bhutanese doctor who's currently training in Adelaide to become Bhutan's first ever reconstructive plastic surgeon. And he joined Interplast CEO Cameron Glover on the visit. And I'm delighted to welcome you both. Hello there. Thanks, Geraldine. Great to be with you. Um, Nam, congratulations on doing this training and what sounds like an important role for you when you return. Could you outline it, please?
1: Oh, yes. Hi, uh, Jody. Uh, very nice to be on your radio and greetings to your listeners. Um, yes, uh, uh, it's, it's, as you said, it's a very exciting journey that uh, I got an opportunity to take part in. And uh, I've been working with Interplus ever since their first visit in 2015 and uh, been on uh, multiple trainings at various sites uh, in, in, in region and now in Australia, and uh, uh, aspiring to be the first reconstructive surgeon of the country and uh, be able to work more efficiently with uh, visiting teams like Interplus in future.
0: Is there a great need for skills like yours in Bhutan?
1: Oh, absolutely. We, we, as you said, we do not have any plastic surgeon, and there's uh, a huge burden of burns, trauma and uh, cancer reconstruction for which we heavily rely on visiting teams like Interplus and uh, we do refer quite a lot of uh, patients that require uh, plastic and reconstructive services uh, to the neighbouring countries, especially to India and Bangkok.
0: Are burns especially common as an injury in Bhutan?
1: Yes, uh, Bhutan is a Himalayan country. It, it gets really cold in winter and we do not have uh, the modern heating uh, equipment. So we mostly rely on uh, firewood for cooking and warming. So we do get uh, seasonal uh, outbursts of uh, uh, patients with burn injury and uh, uh, and also electricity being one of the main uh Use uh, usage for um, the um, we do have uh, a lot of uh, people sustaining electric burns, flame burns, and scald burns. So we we have a, 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 a quite a huge amount of uh, patients oh, with burns.
0: Right, and what happens to them if there aren't visiting specialists?
1: Well, for now, uh, to a large extent, uh, they do have. Uh, Local therapies that they do at their own setting, and uh, the general surgeons take care of uh, those burn cases. And uh, since we do not have a burn unit or a dedicated burn team, uh, the outcomes and mortalities are quite high for those kind of patients.
0: Because you've also got all the a lot of cooking on open flames outside, so I assume kids can easily, well, kids and women, I would imagine, can um, easily find themselves on the wrong side of those flames.
1: Yes, yes, true. Yeah, that happens quite often.
0: And uh, the other thing that's interesting, you have a lot of bear attacks, apparently.
1: Yes, um, we are also a biodiversity country with 70% of the nation covered with forests. So we do have uh, quite frequent human-wildlife conflict and one of those uh, conflicts are the bear malls which we get around 10 to 12 a year that uh, comes with very uh, devastating uh, injuries, especially to the face that requires uh, a complex reconstruction to uh, get them back.
0: Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to come to Cameron in just a moment, Cameron. Uh, it, I want to ask you before I do go to Cameron, how did you connect with Interplast and become interested in training as a, as a surgeon, plastic surgeon?
1: Uh, yes, so I was uh, doing my general surgery training back home in 2015. I think that was the time when uh, Interplus started visiting. And for some reason, I got um, uh, allocated to, with the team for their uh, repeated visits. And uh, I was really fascinated by how um, the reconstructive services and uh, the burn services uh, in the initial phases that really inspired me to pursue in uh, pursue further training in plastic and reconstructive and especially uh the country coordinator at that time uh dr tim proudman um he was a big inspiration and he really uh, helped me with the uh persuasion and inspiring to take up this uh step to uh, uh specialise more in mm. reconstructive surgery.
0: I know he's been a very important person in yeah. your life and a very well-known surgeon in Adelaide, Very not Ill, not a well man at the moment. Uh, uh, Cameron, Absolutely. Uh, does Interplast mainly run on the goodwill of medical professionals who volunteer their time and skills or are you morphing into something more?
2: Oh no, we're, we've still very much run on the goodwill of medical professionals and to put that in context, since our beginnings in 1983, uh, over 600 volunteers, or 600 volunteer sort of Australian and New Zealand medical professionals have delivered close to 27,000 surgeries across 25 countries around the Asia-Pacific region. So it is very much uh, reliant on the goodwill of of, uh, those surgeons.
0: And that didn't drop off during COVID? Like, well, did COVID make a difference? Oh, look, COVID certainly
2: made a difference um, in the sense that just as you know, all all sort of transport was grounded around the world, so we we're Interplus teams, uh, we weren't able to travel, but we we're able to pivot for one of that favourite uh, <laughs> COVID word, uh, where we sort of uh, looked to a lot more remote education and a lot of online and clinical sort of mentoring. And in fact, in the worst of the COVID years, sort of that 2020 to 2022 uh, close to 91,000 hours of clinical education was delivered remotely, once again by Australian and New Zealand volunteers.
0: Which presumably has all sorts of uh, yield for people.
2: Oh, it does indeed. It does. And I think we, you know, and, and Sonar may speak to this, nothing will replace or, or, you know, nothing is as good as working alongside a medical colleague in country and, you know, o- over a patient. But I think the ability to, you know, build stronger connection, ongoing uh, mentoring and education, that has changed how we worked. And, and in fact, you know, that will continue um, going forward for us.
0: Is there more of a focus now, Cameron, on training local staff, say, in places like Fiji to build, build up their capacity?
2: Oh, very much so. Now, thankfully, that's something Interplast has always been very good at doing. Uh, so we only work where we're invited, and we only work alongside local personnel. Uh, we're not an organisation that simply flies in, delivers surgery, and leaves. There is a long-term and lasting sort of relationship. But I think the around the world, you know, the the focus on ensuring that local uh, surgeons, local anaesthetists, nurses, and allied health professionals can do the work is so much greater than it's ever been before, and that's fabulous. And ultimately success, you know, if we use the Bhutan context with Sonam, success for us would be not returning to Bhutan Mm. in years to come because we'll have been able to train Sonam and his team. And in fact, you know, whilst we have Sonam in Adelaide at the moment, we will also be sending some of his colleagues to Nepal and India early in the new year to commence some of their training so we can actually, you know, build capacity locally.
0: Sonam, will Will you be scratching around to find people who are skilled enough to join you? I mean, I realise that's part of your job, is to build that up, but will it be a bit tough at the start?
1: Uh, Yes. Um, One of my worries when when we started this venture of uh, uh, just training me alone was uh, how would I be doing once I finished the training? How would my government and my system recognise me? And uh, the last visit in June where we had the honor of uh, getting the uh, CEO of Interplus, Cameron, along with us and have uh, multiple series of high-level meetings with the prime minister, health minister and uh, uh, the directors of the universities. One of the biggest outcome of those meetings and something that is very comforting to me was that I'll be supported from my my system as well and uh, I'll be given um, the, uh, the authority to uh, select my own team so as Cameron was sharing one uh, the recent happenings one of the uh, exciting thing that was happening was uh, for me to choose my own team and uh, recommend them for training short training in india and nepal so i think having a team when i go back early next year to work with would make a huge difference in uh, establishing plastic burns and reconstructive surgical services back home.
0: Actually, we should flesh out something here. A bad choice of words by me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, for burns patients, say they've been dealt with by a general surgeon, you can face a lot of pain with poor healing, can't you, in terms of how the um, the scars effectively grow. Can you help us understand that, please?
1: Definitely. Uh, earlier, the, the issue with burn injury is high mortality because... Uh, we were not able to save quite a lot of them by giving appropriate uh, initial burn treatment. But even those who uh, with the ma- uh, minor burns, who we uh, can save them, the one of the major complications is the contracture, as you said, the long term consequences and um, uh, disability caused by the burn scar and contracture around the joints. So, so what uh, the
0: scar tissue doesn't grow as fast as the child. Is that it?
1: Uh, yes, that that too, and mm-hmm. in some jo- joints, the skull becomes very rigid. That doesn't allow the mobility across the joint. That uh, restricts their movement, especially hands and elbows and uh, uh, other joints. So, uh, in in those uh, contexts, it's very important to have a, a reconstructive services to release those joint and get them back. Uh, so it affects their, their ability
0: to walk, for instance, does it? Or it,
1: absolutely, absolutely. If the joint, if the is across the knee, they won't be able to, uh, to uh, walk, or even as you said, if it is a kid, then the growth of the limb is impaired because because of the restricted joint.
0: Oh gosh, it's such demanding work, burns work. I, don't, I honestly do not know how you do it. Um, d- does it get any easier? as you become better at it?
1: I think, uh, especially in terms of uh, burn care, it is more to do with the team. And uh, as you say, it's, it's quite resource intensive, it's physically demanding. And uh, as long as we have a team that uh, can share the load, um, I, I do see uh, um, a market difference that uh, uh, of having a, a proper efficient burn unit can make in a country.
0: Well, look... Good, good luck to you. I do hope that it's... Thank you so much, uh, I I really wish you luck. And uh, Cameron, keep doing what you're doing.
2: Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for your support, Jordan.
0: Cameron Glover, CEO of Interplast and Sunam Jumshow, who's currently training in Adelaide to become Bhutan's first ever reconstructive plastic surgeon. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks all free
1: on the ABC Listen app.